The Ringer Gambling Feed is your one-stop shop for all things betting throughout the NFL season from week one all the way through Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. We have you covered every which way. We got our favorite futures. We got props. We'll discuss the lines. And of course, we'll throw in a few parlays. That's a given. So whether you're a sharp or a square better, we'll be breaking it down in terms hopefully everybody can understand and we'll try to win some money along the way. So be sure to subscribe to the Ringer Gambling Feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringers Philly special presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same game parlays all in one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just... Once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Welcome to the Ringers Philly special. Shield Kapati here. We had to record a segment for, you know, the local angle on FanDuel TV. Hopefully you guys check that out. But I was texting with Cliff and I thought, you know what? We might as well just do a mini pod. We are waiting and waiting last week saying, uh, you know, when are we going to get to Eagle stuff? They didn't do anything. So we thought we would do a mini pod. All right. So where are the Eagles with their coaching search? You know, it's been a week, a week ago after the Eagles lose that game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The question in the aftermath of that game was, will Nick Sirianni return as the Eagles head coach? And here we are a week later. And what's the biggest question around this Eagles team? It is, is Nick Sirianni still the Eagles head coach? So what do we know right now? We know that Nick Sirianni met with owner Jeffrey Lurie on Friday. We also know that none of the insiders, all the usual suspects who the Eagles, when they want to get their message out, they're using, you know, different methods to do that. Nothing against that. That's part of the business. No big deal. But no one has reported that Nick Sirianni is definitively coming back to coach the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, ESPN's Adam Schefter did say 
Signs point to Sirianni staying, but that nothing was official and that talks were ongoing. So here's what I want to explore here a little bit. What are the possible reasons why we don't know definitively whether or not Nick Sirianni is returning as the Eagles head coach? Okay, so here are a couple theories I want to throw out there. Theory number one, you know, it's the old, like the most straightforward one. And that's that Eagles owner Jeffrey Lurie has not decided yet whether Nick Sirianni would, will return as the Eagles head coach. Remember, I got to remind you of the history here, okay? Doug Peterson, 2020 season, disaster. Doug Peterson holds a press conference at the end of the season talking about what the Eagles are going to do to fix this thing, to get it right. A week later, he's out of there. It was very clumsy. He held the press conference. Then he met with Jeffrey Lurie. Then Jeffrey Lurie decided he didn't like Doug Peterson's plan for the coaching staff. Doug Peterson sounded like, you know, maybe he had had enough because remember at that time, no one knew the direction of the franchise and they just decided to move on. Eagles get into the coaching search late. They end up hiring Nick Sirianni. It's entirely possible that something like that is occurring again. You know, until I hear definitively that Sirianni is coming back, it could be that Lurie is still on the fence a little bit and wants to gather more information about whether keeping Sirianni is the right call. I've outlined it before. There are going to be things here that do not sit well with Jeffrey Lurie. Number one, the coaches and the job they, they did with the offensive talent on this football team. I mean, imagine Jeffrey Lurie watching these divisional round games, right? He's watching the Packers where Matt LaFleur is just scheming guys wide open against the San Francisco 49ers. He's watching the Baltimore Ravens. Did you see this story? First half, they're getting blitzed by D'Amico Ryans over and over and over again. We're expecting it because Texans are not a big blitz team. What do they do? Make adjustments. Todd Munkin, the offensive coordinator. Lamar Jackson, they make adjustments. Second half, they come out, they score a bunch of touchdowns, uh, and they put the Houston Texans away. Or how about the Detroit Lions? They look pretty buttoned up against the Tampa Bay Bucks, the team that made the Eagles look so silly last week. So you got all those things, and I wouldn't say any of those offenses are more talented than the Eagles. So that's not going to sit well with Jeffrey Lurie. That's one thing. Okay, another thing. I wrote my 11 rules for hiring an NFL head coach column on the ringer. One of my big ones is, can the head coach put together a strong coaching staff? Can Sirianni do that? I mean, it didn't look like he could do it this year. Granted, we don't know exactly. You know, I know Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie, those guys are involved in obviously putting together the coaching staff, but that was not a feather in Nick Sirianni's hat. So uh, a couple things, you know, where Jeffrey Lurie could still be mulling this over. One, he probably knows I don't have a, a head coach who's a great offensive schemer. He's going to need some help there. Two, I don't have a head coach that necessarily is going to be able to put together this great coaching staff where I'm going to have schematic advantages week in and week out with the other people in the building. And number three, you got to look at it from a culture leadership perspective. I mean, it looked so bad the last two months here. We don't know what Nick Sirianni's relationship is with Jalen Hurts. Okay, Hurts certainly, I mean, he did not go to bat for Nick Sirianni at the end of the season. Now, maybe he feels like that's not his place or whatever, but, uh, you know, whether you're reading something into that or not, go watch what Dak Prescott said about Mike McCarthy, for better or worse, uh, you know, at, at the end of the season. It was much different than what Jalen Hurts said. So, uh, Jeffrey Lurie is no dummy. Things are going, you know, there's going to be a lot of things that he's unhappy with about this football team. So that's theory number one, right? That's theory number one that maybe he just hasn't decided. Okay, theory number two. 
you just don't need to announce that a coach is coming back. I'm telling you, beware of the spin here, Eagles fans. Okay, this is going to be the spin. If Nick Sirianni returns, the Eagles will say, and they'll get this message out to their various uh, people in the media, they'll say, why would we announce something? Nick Sirianni, you don't announce when a coach is coming back. They'll say, the guy's been to the playoffs three straight seasons. He's won 67% of his games. He took us to the Super Bowl for crying out loud last year. They'll give other examples. Did the Rams announce that Sean McVay was coming back? Did the Steelers announce that Mike Tomlin was uh, was coming back? No, come on. We never needed to do that. We knew all along he was coming back. This was just a natural procedure. At the end of the season, you meet with people. That was never in question. What are you talking about? That's why we didn't announce everything. All right. I'm telling you all, everyone watching this, listening to this, that that is garbanzo beans nonsense, and you should not believe it. Okay, I'm telling you from experience. I've covered this football team. The organization has rabbit ears. A lot of NFL organizations have have rabbit ears. It's okay. They they listen to what's being said. They react to it. They're kind of in their own bubble where everything feels you know like like the biggest thing, regardless of what's happening in the world. They you know they hear, they listen, they read all those things. They they get the narratives. What narratives are out there that we need to uh, debunk? All those things. And so I just feel like if it were really the case that there was nothing to think about with Nick Sirianni and this is just standard procedure at the end of the season, they would have leaked that to somebody like an Adam Schefter. They would have said, listen, this is off the record, but of course Nick Sirianni is coming back, okay? Why wouldn't he be coming back? We're working through decisions on the rest of the coaching staff. We have nothing to announce there, but Nick Sirianni's job security was never in question. Don't be ridiculous. That's how it would have been handled. In my opinion, if there was zero doubt that Nick Sirianni was coming back, if this wasn't even a discussion, wasn't even a conversation, that is how the Philadelphia Eagles would have handled it. I mean, there's no benefit that I could think of. Maybe, maybe a listener, maybe you know, one of you, uh, a viewer, ha- has something. I don't think there's any benefit for letting this just sort of hang in the wind for so long. Your, your head coach's job security. I mean, you squash that if there's no question and you move on with the rest of your offseason. It's very easy to solve it that way. So I'm telling you, if you hear that spin, do not buy it, okay? This is not an easy slam dunk, no-brainer. Of course, Nick Sirianni's coming back decision. There were legitimate reasons to move on from Nick Sirianni. You know that. I know that. Jeffrey Lurie knows that, okay? So that's theory number two about why maybe We haven't heard anything so far. Okay, theory number three. This is the last one. Maybe they just want to settle things with the rest of the staff. You know, Brian Johnson has interviewed uh, for some head coaching jobs, their offensive coordinator. If he gets hired, Eagles get draft pick compensation. Uh, Obviously, it's just a bad look to fire a guy who's up for head coaching jobs. And also, they want the draft pick compensation. So it's this bizarre spot where you might be thinking about moving on from a guy And other teams might be thinking about hiring him and promoting him from where he is right now. So I understand why you would not want to make that move right now, not want to get that leaked right now. That is a bad look for you if you're an organization. Now, defensively, hilarious move on Sunday where they leak, not leak, sorry. It gets reported that Sean Desai has been fired. I mean, I was shy. I almost fell on the floor. I was shocked by this news, you know, a week into not knowing whether the head coach is staying, and then you get a little breadcrumb that Sean decides not going to be. I forgot. He wasn't already fired. 
He was upstairs doodling uh, during the games uh, from the coach's box. So that was leaked right before uh, Bill's Chiefs. Sorry, not leaked, reported right before Bill's Chiefs. So I thought that was uh, that was hilarious. So they fired him, but they didn't fire him. His title was still defensive coordinator. And now, uh, yes, they are actually firing him. So maybe with the coordinator stuff, maybe with the coaches, maybe they're still working out who do we want to bring in, who do we want to let go. Let's not announce anything. I'm sorry. I don't buy that theory either. You easily can say, uh, again, to your chosen reporter that Nick Sirianni is not going anywhere, but discussions about the staff are ongoing. I'm not. We're not telling you anything else about the staff right now. Uh, you don't have to send out a press release. Again, you can just, you know, you, you're in contact constantly. The higher-ups in the Eagles organization are in contact constantly uh, with, the, with the insiders uh, around the NFL, with various members of the media. And so you can get that out there very easily, that Nick Sirianni is not going anywhere, but there might be changes with the coaching staff. We're not telling you about any of those. So those are, I think, the various theories about what's going on with the Philadelphia Eagles right now. And I guess the one I didn't mention is that this could just be clumsy. I mean, there there really could be, like, no real reason for it. Jeffrey Lurie could have met with Nick Sirianni. He could have decided he's coming back, and they just could be handling this in a very awkward, clumsy situation. That has happened before. I've said it before. NFL organizations are not well-oiled machine. So um, that's kind of my take on what's going on with the Philadelphia Eagles right now. Okay, Uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. I know Cliff has some things he wants to say, and I have some other nuggets, some pieces of news from the weekend that I want to get to as well. When it comes to the NFL playoffs, you've got to win one game at a time. But when you bet the NFL playoffs on FanDuel, one game can mean a lot of wins. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, has all your favorite bets like the money line and the spread, plus all sorts of prop bets. The Chiefs are three-and-a-half-point underdogs at the Ravens. After that win against the Bills, Patrick Mahomes in his NFL career now 9-1-1 against the spread as an underdog. So I don't know what side I'm taking quite yet early in the week. But man, if you just like the trends, you got to look at that three and a half point underdog, Patrick Mahomes, or you can do something else. Listen, right now, every day there's an NFL playoff game. FanDuel is giving all customers a no sweat, same game parlay. That means when you combine all your bets for a chance at a bigger payday, you'll get bonus bets back if your SGP doesn't win. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Ringer Philly if you don't already have an account. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. Minimum three-leg parlay required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets, which expire seven days after receipt. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
All right, we're back on the Ringers Philly special. All right, and a couple other uh, pieces of news here, and I want to bring in Cliff here in a, in a minute to get his comments on this. Uh, one of them, Mike Garofolo of the NFL Network, reported that the Eagles have reached out to Jim Bob Cooter as a possible offensive coach, I don't know, advisor, coordinator, who knows? We don't know what they're doing with their staff, but a possible role with the Philadelphia Eagles. Cooter worked with Sirianni in Kansas City early in his career, was a consultant with the Eagles in 2021, worked with Doug Peterson in Jacksonville in 2022, and then served as Shane Steichen's offensive coordinator in Indy last year. Now, he didn't call plays. Shane Steichen called the plays last year, uh, but Jim Bob Cooter was his offensive coordinator. Listen, I don't have a strong take on Jim Bob Cooter uh, and whether, you know, what his role would be, if this would be an upgrade, whatever. If he ends up being the new OC, we'll talk about him then. My gut reaction is that this feels a little bit like, like this is the best you can do. You've searched far and wide for an offensive mind. And this is the best you can do is Jim Bob Cooter. So uh, I don't know. There were a lot of reports over the weekend that Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni were calling various basically coaches uh, around the NFL to gauge their interest, gauge their availability about coming in and joining the Eagles next season. So that was one. Uh, Another one, Diana Rossini of The Athletic reported that the Eagles have reached out to defensive coordinators like Wink Martindale from the Giants and Ryan Nielsen from the Atlanta Falcons. So uh, Wink Martindale, I wouldn't say he's on the cutting edge of uh, defensive scheme. He would be a guy who Eagles fans would love because he's just man coverage, highest blitz rate in the NFL. He is a get-after-you type uh, defensive coordinator. But in terms of performance, the Giants' defense has not been uh, very good there. So that one was kind of interesting. He clashed with Brian Dayball in a big way, which was pretty fun to read about. So I'll be honest, that one surprised me a little bit. Wink Martindale. And then Ryan Nielsen, I know Solak likes him quite a bit. He comes from the Saints tree with Dennis Allen, who I think Dennis Allen is a very good defensive coach. Now the Falcons had a very easy schedule this year. So if you look at some of the counting stats, they were very good. If you look at DVOA, they were like 24th in the NFL. So I don't know. Again, I would have to do a little bit more research, but those were the couple of the names floated out there. All right, Cliff, come in here because I got before we get, I got to give you this bit of news and just find out uh, what you think about it. In fact, you know what? I'm going to pull up the exact uh, tweet because I just want to make sure that I did not mess anything up here. Let me see. Let me scroll. Uh, I know, I believe this was tweet. Okay, here we go. All right, this is from NFL Network's Tom Pelissero. Cliff, are you ready for this tweet? All right. Ready. This was this was actually let's see, eight forty-five Eastern. Would that have been during the? Yeah, this is during Chiefs Bills. Okay. Uh, Tom Pelissero tweets: Eagles senior defensive assistant Matt Patricia is not under contract and plans to explore other opportunities. Sources tell me and rap sheet. Patricia took on play calling last month under difficult circumstances, running someone else's scheme with a depleted unit. He'll be a top DC candidate. Uh, first of all, are you okay? Do you need a moment? You need some <laughs> tissues. You need yeah. to catch your breath. I mean, you're not going to get to watch Matt Patricia, top DC candidate, 
coordinate the Eagles defense next year. I mean, this has to be, I'm trying to think of like your toughest sports, probably the Embiid against the, you know, the, the Raptor, Kawhi against the Sixers. That was probably a big one for the Eagles Super Bowl last year. That like, this is, pro, is this what, top three, top five in your moment, sort of tough moments? This might be 04 Eagles, Patriots. Like I'm, a, I'm 12 years old. I'm weeping with my fr- in my friend's basement with all my boys. We down there just crying because the Eagles lost by three. You know, we're little kids. We're heartbroken. We were just playing football at halftime, ready to go. T.O. came back, had a good game. Like, this is up there. Like, come on, man. Is that the nastiest PR piece you've ever seen from an agent ever? Like, it's just like, yo, copy and paste this real quick, and I got you. Look, Matty P, he's going to be fine because – we all know Bill Belly's probably going to go down in Atlanta. They're going to have a good time. They're going to go to all the restaurants down there in the A, the Waffle Houses and everything, kick it down there, you know, meet up with the folks, go to some Hawks games, kick it with Trey Young. You know what I'm saying? So Matty P is going to be fine. He's going to go to ATL. He's going to rob Bill Belly's coattails like he always does to success, right? Like, he's good. He's fine. He'll be okay. Why was he ever here in the first place? Like, we go back. Like, seriously, didn't we talk about this when we went back to – um? Back in the summertime, we were getting questions. We were getting the mailbag yeah. questions like, hey, what's up with this Matt Patricia thing? Like, how is he silently on the Eagles? And then you get, you know, four months later, Jay Glazer drops that little nugget before the game, right before the game. Yeah, silently, the Eagles kind of fired Sean Desai, and they made Matt Patricia the defensive coordinator. Like, yo, that's not going to be easy for anybody to do. You can't transition into the defensive coordinator with a month left into the season and think that's going to work. It wouldn't have mattered. Matt Patricia yeah. could have had three years to prepare for this and job he, in the deep. Uh, by the way, he's not good. Like, historic stinks. The Lions had an 0-16 season, and he somehow had the worst stretch in Lions history as the head coach. Think about that. They literally had a season <laughs> where they didn't win a game, and he somehow is the worst coach in Lions history. Like, it's insane to me. I don't know where he came from. I don't know why he was on the Eagles in the first place. But this also just screams dysfunction at the highest level. Like, how is this guy allowed to be even be in the building? You contribute to what? Your best, your quote unquote, one of your best players on defense didn't even like him. They even said, "Yeah, like I just he's had a a long history with them, and you still brought him." What do they say on PTI, Cliff? Happy trails, happy trails, yeah, yeah, happy Happy trails, happy trails, Maddie P, man. All right. Now you've been talking, uh, you know, I'm sure all, all your uh, all your friends, all your people. What is what do you think when they said, Cliff, what's going on with Nick Sirianni? What what is yeah. happening? I mean, this is so weird. I mean, it's a week. It's been a week. And we have no idea, Nothing. not no idea. Everything, everyone, like when the insiders are like, you know, when Adam Schefter is saying stuff like signs are pointing to, but nothing's official. Right. Like this, that, that's, still I don't mean. know. That still means the door is open for him to not be here. But the yeah. sense I'm, the vibe I'm getting from the people is that, okay, all right, he kind of met, he messed up for the last couple of weeks of the season. He's been to the playoffs three years in a row. Um, you know, players like him, the, you know, the regular jargon that you hear of reasons of why he should be here, right? But here's my point of it. Solak stated this on the last pod that we had for the post game with the Giants. He said, yo, if you're not being a leader, you're not calling an offense, what good are you really? All right, Fletcher Cox came out and he kind of um, went at whoever that was. I think that was McLean, whoever that was, and said, yeah, yeah you a clown, this, that, and the third. That's my man, blah, 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 blah. Jason Kelsey gave him a, a vote of confidence as well, too. And I'm just like, that really doesn't mean nothing to me because at the end of the day. Thank you. I'm players, so glad you brought this up. Most players wanna, like Go ahead coach, and then I want right? to follow like, Most players yes, like the coach, but that doesn't you. mean the coach is good. It means nothing thank to you. me. That just means that that's his man's. He wants him to be here. He doesn't want to see him kicked out the door. 
He likes them little easy practices that they go through, them little walkthroughs. Oh, this week, since y'all want to fumble the ball, y'all can do the little fumble drills. You can just kick it, you know, at the Novacare complex, do the little drills, run through the – and go back to the crib and kick it. Like, that means nothing to me, bro. Thank if you. you. Got, if you if you have a, a massive collapse like that at the end of the season, that is that not like a glaring issue? Show me. Don't yeah. tell me. Show me. Yeah. They exactly. were they were the Okay, so I'm I'm so glad you brought this up because I heard people making the oh my gosh, the players are going to you know, players are going to bat for Nick Sirianni. It's like like I cover I was in I was there for Andy Reid's like last season when they're four and twelve. Guess what everyone was saying? We love Andy Reid. It's not Andy Reid's fault. It's on us as the players. Like Doug Peterson. I like I wasn't there for that. I was that was but yeah, no were any players coming out after the team was four and twelve and dysfunctional and going, it's the coach's fault. We no, unless you're like the like a like a grade A jerk type coach, and I'll just call them out, Matt Patricia, uh, Josh McDaniels, uh, Urban Meyer. Yep. Uh, I, I, Joe, nothing, Joe right? Judge, I think. Nothing, yeah, right? unless, yeah. yeah. When you a player, you don't even want to do that to a coach, right? Because let's say you at the tail end of your career, you need a, a little contract real quick for a year or two, and that guy might be on staff somewhere, right? And he and they say, hey, we kind of we want to look at this guy. Like, what do you think of this guy? Oh, nah, he's you know we don't want him. We don't want him there. You know what I'm saying? That can lose you money. So like, why would you ever go against the there's coach? There's no ever? point. There's yeah. li- literally no upside. And, and and so there's first of all, if they hate, if they thought Nick Sirianni was terrible, there's what is the upside to coming out and just like and not supporting him? First of all, he hasn't been fired. Like, what player is going on the record saying this guy, <laughs> this guy sucks? Like, he's your head coach. And second of all, I don't think Nick Sirianni's a jerk. I'm sure everybody likes Nick Sirianni right. personally. Like, Nick like Sirianni. that's his whole thing. Yeah, yeah he's right. not like a bad guy. Like, he's yeah. gonna be for whatever happens. He took the Eagles to a Super Bowl in what might be one of the best team Eagles teams we see in our lifetime. Legitimately, I mean, that yeah. was an awesome thing. Rock so it's like yes. the yeah, so the players like him personally. That doesn't matter if the product we saw on the field for six to seven weeks was the product we saw on the field. You know what I right. mean? Like they weren't they weren't playing like they were trying to protect his job. I'll tell you that much. I mean, we all watched those watch those games. So you have that. And then by the way, the most important player did not go to bat for him and acted like, yeah, he, yeah, what a, yeah, coach's yeah, coach, said, owner's own players play. Like, yeah. Oh, he wouldn't even. I mean, come on. He Jalen Hurts is no dummy. I mean, yeah. he, like maybe he didn't get it right away. After that, you could easily say, no, no, no this isn't on Nick Sirianni. Jalen Hurts you know, comes, from the Nick, comes from the Nick Saban camp and everybody knows yeah. how to talk under that Alabama camp. They know what right. to say exactly. That's true. They're media trained. He yeah, there. he didn't come from community college. Right. Yeah. Like he went to Oklahoma afterwards, too. They know how to operate there. Jalen Hurts knew yeah. exactly what what to say. I agree. I, I agree. Like this is come on, man. This is so obvious. He's clearly not a good enough leader. He's a great guy. Like we said, we don't have no issues with Nick Sirianni besides just coaching the team and willing a team out of a bad rut. Like it's one thing to lose to the Cowboys and the Niners back-to-back weeks. Like I get it. That was a tough stretch. Everybody knows. We looked at that before the season. We said to ourselves, yo, this is going to look look really crazy towards the end of the season. Coming off the Bills game, Chiefs, it was a crazy stretch. Dolphins, all that. It was a big, big, crazy stretch. But just to have that epic collapse towards the end, chill. The Seahawks' loss looked better than the Giants' win the following week. Like, yeah. is that not problematic to you? Like, th- th- to me, I just say just wash the slate. There's too many good candidates out there, and I'm sure 
one of the five, six good candidates would love to come to Philadelphia and coach this roster that actually has a lot of good talent. And all you need to do is tweak a couple of, maybe get a linebacker, another corner. You probably got to do something with the O line because of the Kelsey thing, you know, another guard, another center, whatever. There's a couple tweaks here and there. This roster is not far off. So to me, it's just like, yo, cut your losses now and get a better coach into the building now. Like, there's no point of what are we holding on to? I, I kind of, I, I honestly, I agree with you. I just look at the like, here, here's, I try to look at it analytically. What is the path where you keep Nick Sirianni and he fixes this and like, you're like competing for a Super Bowl in the next two years? Like, it's, I mean, you would have to say like they just hit it out of the park with their hires for offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. And so let's like, you can paint a picture of Nick Sirianni with Jim Bob Cooter and Ryan Nielsen. Or you can paint the picture of a new head coach, and I don't know, you know, whoever, you, if you're listening, whoever your favorite guy is out there with a new offensive coordinator and defensive. Like, what's which path is more likely to get you back? I, I feel like the other path is more likely. Now, there's downside. The guy could suck. We all know that. You could hire a new coach, and a year from now, Eagles fans could be getting ripped. You know how it goes. National media, oh, they wanted Sirianni out, mm-hmm. and now look what the, I mean, there was some of that they with Johnny Gannon. They, they, they yeah, literally yeah, exactly. they did it with they did it. the guy who had the second worst defense in the NFL this year, by the way. Which worst, is crazy. I think by DVOA. Yeah. It, was it worse by DVOA? I, I think it was 30 seconds. I think total defense, yeah. it was literally like 31st or something like that. In the yeah. What a, terrible. But I know. It, <laughs> this is the type of people that 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 want Sirianni back just because they want the vibes back. They want the vibes to be high. Yeah. Man, I don't care about none of that. Bring somebody that can be a leader and run an offense, call some plays. Like, I'm watching the Lions. I'm watching even Tampa Bay. They look really good offensively. That screen in the yeah. red zone. Yeah. You're watching all these teams. And, like, this was – I'm sure your texts were – my texts are blowing up. And anytime I tweet something, because I'm tweeting stuff about these other games because I do extra point taken. And anytime I tweet, you know, mo, like, a, I don't know what percentage. Obviously, a big percentage of my followers are going to be Eagles fans. And everyone <laughs> everyone thinks every tweet I have is, like, a, a subtweet of the Eagles. I'm like, dude, I'm just tweeting about the Ravens. Like, this has nothing to do <laughs> – but I'm sure everyone watches you watch these games through that lens. I mean, like I said, you watch the Ravens in the second half of that game against the Texans and the adjustments they make. You watch the the Packers, the youngest yes, team in the NFL, yes. go up and down the field against the 49ers with the first year starting quarterback. Uh, you know, you watch some of the stuff that the Lions are scheming up in that game. You mentioned it. I was thinking the same thing. But like, yes, the Bucks lost, but there were little morsels in there of ooh, that was like ooh, that, that was pretty nice. You know? That was White touchdown. How Beautiful. often did this oh. year did we, I don't even remember, honestly, mm-hmm. us having a conversation in a post-game pod or even with Sean during the week where we were like, ooh, they schemed that up beautifully. Right. Like those conversations did not happen, happen this year. When they had good games, it was individual guys making yep. great plays and like keeping it simple. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh man, that was a great call. They set this up in the first quarter and came back to it in the third quarter. Like it wasn't any of that. So like I don't even care what their final D- offensive stats were. It's so glaring watching these playoff teams. By the way, the Chiefs go, you know, they don't, they punted what once in that mm-hmm. game. The Bills are going up. Like these teams are just going up and down the field offensively. And it's like, if you're Jeffrey Lurie, you've got the talent to do that with the right coach. I mean, I just firmly believe that. Uh, and you haven't been able to do it. So I don't know. Again, all this, I like all the reports from, uh, you know, nationally and even locally are that it's trending towards Nick Sirianni staying. Maybe by the time you listen to this, who knows? We might even uh, have confirmation with it. But I look at it and I'm on the side of 
if it were me, and I could be wrong, maybe Sirianni takes him back to the Super Bowl next year. I'm on the side of I think you have a more uh, likely path to get back if you make a move. So listen, if they if they fire Sirianni, we'll talk about candidates uh, and all that. Actually, when Solak said Mike McDonald from the Ravens last week, the, D- the, the more I thought. The more I thought about that, I was like, that could be a guy that really intrigues them because I know Jeffrey Leadership. Lurie loves John Harbaugh, mm-hmm. and that defense is like a cutting-edge defense. Now, yep. you got to figure out, all right, who, who would his offensive coordinator be? Would it be, you know, would there be a pipeline where if that guy gets hired for a head, all that. But in terms of like coming from that John Harbaugh, you know, school, and John Harbaugh's, you know, generally been open to the analytics and uh all that stuff and um it's like a young up-and-comer who if you're thinking we want someone who, who we can kind of mold and stick with for a while i thought that was a pretty interesting the more after Solak said that i was thinking about it after the pod and i was like that's someone i could actually see them liking more than you know even other teams uh, and you talk about like because you always talk about leadership, right? I always feel like defensive guys yeah. always got that leader, right. that leadership dog, yeah. them, right? Like you look at D'Amico Ryan's types. Like you say, you look yeah. at the Mike McDonald's types. I guess Sean McDermott to an extent, even though um, tonight the result didn't, it didn't result in that. But like, yeah. I don't know, just dudes that kind of like fire people up and get people rolling, like the Mike Tomlins of the world. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like defensive guys will always do that and they just need a good offensive mind with them. So maybe Which is not not easy. Yeah, you gotta have a you gotta you gotta know like who are the smart you know offensive people who are not calling plays right now because that could be a, that could be a roundabout up. job every year because if right that offensive line if that offensive line gets he's gone he's, he's literally out of here and he's gonna yeah. be the next head coach that's, the, too. that's the hard so part about it, it. Yeah. it's always the hardest part to do that as as because I'm sure I mean hell look at Demico Ryan's his first year they're all talking about Bobby Sloak being out of there already right. so he's gonna have to find another offensive mind in there and that can look yeah, different it but is harder he hasn't he has a young quarterback and you know I, I'm I'm assuming ownership doesn't want to pay a crazy amount of money for a coordinator I don't know how that really works. In no, they, of, I think, I think, I think that actually Jeffrey Lurie will like, I mean, you, you think I, I think over? they pay their staff really well. Yeah. Cause that's an edge you can have. If your owner is like, wants to win, yeah. there's no salary cap. You can pay your, your you pay, coaching yeah. staff as much as you want. And my understanding is like, that's, that's not an issue with, okay. the, uh, with the Eagles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so again, like even the defensive mind, like I said, I think those dudes are always, they always just end up being dogs and leaders and just getting guys to rally a little bit. Hell, even I mean, we saw how bad the Jets were this year, but even Robert, a guy like Robert Salah, like he used to get people up and ready to go too. So, yeah, I, you know, up. yeah. So, well, yeah, we're not going to speak about, yeah. you know, his quarterback or should be quarterback. Whatever. Right, right, right. But <laughs> you know um, what I all mean? All right. Now the one text, uh, my, my friend and listener C-Nast has, you know, he's, he, he, he won't get off this Belichick thing. Cliff. He's, <laughs> he's saying, He's saying, is Belichick just waiting? You know, that Falcons job, we got a second interview, but now the Falcons are interviewing all these other guys. He's saying, is Billy Boy just, you know, kind of waiting to see? <laughs> is he is it maybe, maybe Howie's sending him some side texts? Maybe Jeffrey's sending him some side texts saying, just hold up, give us another day. Give us 24, uh, 24 hours. Is, is that still think, happening on your text threads? You, so I, I'm for Belichick, actually. I'm pro Bill Belichick. But do you think... Um, I, like, do you think that that type of lead? Because think about this, right? He was the GM. He was kind of like the president of operations basically right. for the Pats for so you know for twenty four years. Like, you think he's ready to just look? I just want to coach, right? I just want to coach. Forget about player personnel and all. Like, does he need yeah, a level of control? I have a hard time seeing that. Yeah, because how we? I, I, I don't know how he's there. So it's yeah. like 
Belichick. I don't know what their control. relationship is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if he went somewhere where like he thought the GM was great and I don't know, maybe he thinks how he's great. Like I, I honestly have no idea what their relationship is like. So if he went somewhere where he's like, I trust this GM, this GM's great. Um, then I could kind of see, I mean, but like you're changing your whole organization. If you bring in Bel- it's like the Belichick operation. Now having said that, he comes back too. I know. And, and Josh knows McDaniels and Joe judge. Yeah. You're seeing all this stuff. I mean, Belichick with this roster in 2024, that that would be interesting. I'll, I will yes. say that. Like, if you're saying who could get them to like, because he would like he, he would definitely fix that defense in a big way in one year. Yep. And now I don't know who he he he. The thing is, like, we were just talking about with defensive coaches, they have to have the right offensive coach. Look at his last two hires have been Patricia and Bill O'Brien. So <laughs> that would be a huge, 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 huge concern for me. Uh, and there's other stuff about Belichick that I wonder about. I mean, the record been bad since yep. Brady left. They've sucked the last two years. They've I mean, been awful. Like three teams with fewer wins. So, they missed on the uh, I don't know, but yeah. yeah. yeah with this roster, is, I'll say I this: the defenses look solid. The Patriots' defense has been good, no yeah. doubt. Last two years, they got Jabro Peppers looking like an All Pro. Like yeah. they got Barmore over there looking good. like yo. They got some dudes over there that actually look. Really Bring Barmore good. home. Isn't Barmore a Philly he's from guy? South Philly, man? I think he went to um, uh, Newman Grady. Barmore's right? a player. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think he went to New York already. I'm pretty right. sure. So yeah, I mean, bring Barbara home. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bill, if you if you can bring Christian with us, then do that. But nah, but in all seriousness, though, like I I would I wouldn't mind Belichick over Sirianni at all. Like you wouldn't, I wouldn't bad night at that. I just would wonder how that relationship would go with him and how because yeah. those are both control freaks. We all know it. Um, right. That that could just spell disaster, man. That's why, like, immediately when Belichick was available with the Cowboys and. They just went right back to Mike McCarthy. They're like, we can't control Bill Belichick, and he is definitely not down for uh, uh, Jerry Jones's pressers talking about him after right. every game. Like, hey, yeah, you know, that was just the coaching. Co- like, imagine the first bat, like the first second week of the season, you see Jerry Jones doing a presser. Bill walks by. He's like, yeah, the coaching kind of screwed that up. Like, do you, <laughs> like, would his head explode? Like, that would that would just be. A disaster right there. So I, I just yeah. don't know how much control Belichick will want for the franchise, but I'm pretty sure if he was in the A, he could probably have full control over that. Like, oh yeah, who, who's That's stopping him? Show. Yeah, who's stopping him over there? So that probably looks way more like a better opportunity for Bill Belichick. I just don't think he could come to Philly with Howie and Lurie and kind of think that he can run the whole entire ship. Unless, again, unless he just wants to say, "Look, I just want to coach. I don't care about the personnel, so to speak. I'll have my little input, but y'all got it." If he said that, bring him on. Please, bring him yeah. on. Seems far-fetched, but who knows? All right, so there you go. That's where we're at right now. Uh, we shall see. Man, I don't know. If, it, if it's Sirianni with a couple of uninspiring, you know, a senior advisor or <laughs> even replacing Brian Johnson with, a, I mean, Jim Bob Cooter. By the way, we haven't heard anything on the Brian Johnson front either. Like, we heard the No, I point. think, yeah, I think that, as I was saying earlier, I, I feel like probably with Brian Johnson, even if they wanted to move on, that's a bad look to, like, it is. let that leak now, you it know, because he's interviewing for head coaching jobs, um, that kind of thing. All Listen, all we can say, we don't know every detail of everything. I think McManus said this well when he was on, like, Something between Hertz, Sirianni, and Brian Johnson was broken. I, like, I think we can say that. When we watch the offense, when we look at how they regressed, and again, I know some of the numbers were fine for most of the season. When we look at that, something wasn't working. That cannot be the plan for 2024, and uh, we'll see where they go from there. All right. So if uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I have a feeling maybe we'll get some news in the next 48 hours, Hopefully. and we'll be Hopefully. back on here 
talking about it. Uh, I've been tuning into the Sixers like you, Cliff. They got the Spurs on Monday night. I can't wait to start night. talking about them. Yeah, more, let's man. mix in some Sixers this week. Yep, we'll do that. We'll do. We'll uh, we'll react to Eagles news and then we'll do some Sixers stuff this week. Hey, can we get some voicemails too, well. yo? 215-315-7982. I really want to hear from the people and what they think. Yeah, let's get some. Give the number out again. What is it? 215-315-7982. 215-315-7982. I'll do a whole voicemail show. If you if you <laughs> guys if you fill that up, uh, now don't be too long. We this is the thing. Do remember like when I was a kid listening to WIP, what they give you? Two minutes, I think. Like you can't be longer than two. So don't be meandering because we're not gonna be letting that play forever. I mean, that's not good listening, but get to your point, make your point. If you have a question, I I like thank you. Many of you many people have emailed, like I gotta catch up on my emails at some point in the next few weeks here, but leave those voicemails. I'd be happy to do a bonus, just uh uh you know, bonus voicemail show. So I'm just, glad you put that you, out there. I want right. to hear from Ann from Delco. She probably got a lot to say. She probably has something to say of- about that fight at the YMCA that uh <laughs> I thought you were going to say that I was involved. Yeah, you was in. I was not involved. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you to Ace producer Cliff Augustine. Uh, so Lex in Detroit, he was covering that Lions game. So check out his column on the Ringer. So Lex and I will be doing extra point taken on the Ringer NFL feed Monday night. And then whenever we get some clarity with Nick being back or Nick not being back and coordinators and all that, we will be back on here. All right. Appreciate everyone listening. Thanks to Cliff, Shield Kapadia, Ringer's Philly Special. We'll talk to you soon. must be 21 plus and present in select states FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in kansas under an agreement with kansas star casino llc gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com rg in colorado iowa kentucky michigan new jersey ohio pennsylvania illinois tennessee vermont and virginia call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in arizona 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming Hope is here Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.